everybody we're here with Fran and Rachel who are like horse obsessed and we're going to be talking about how digital and social media marketing can be really useful and beneficial for the equine business <laughs> um, so if you would introduce yourself please that'd be lovely. Uh, Rachel do you want to go first? Uh, you go first. <laughs> Okay, so I am Frances Dixon and I have recently um, set up my own business. I kind of use that in a loose sense of the word, but I need to start sounding more like this isn't just a toy and it is more professional. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. So I, my business is, well, it's me, basically, Frances Dixon Independent Equine Consultancy. And I am a, I'm a coronavirus lockdown biz. Um, so I started pursuing um, my own, well, my own thing at the start of um, March, 2020. Um, and this is why I'm quite, in, I'm really intrigued and I want to know a little bit more about your views on this, Rachel, um, with this podcast, because my business basically started on a Facebook page and an Instagram profile. So obviously I have a lot of, in-person contacts and word of mouth is obviously one of the greatest powers that there is but e-word of mouth is 100% as effective and as important so my um, core focus is to educate horse owners and horse riders it's very much me teaching and coaching and educational perspective um, I'm also a um, certified equine psychologist and also an NLP practitioner. So NLP, if you haven't heard of it before, stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. Now, that is basically the psychology of humans and obviously horses. So to me, you can't do one without the other. You are a partnership as a horse and rider. It's two sides of the same coin. So it's really important to understand both perspectives and points of view. Now, how do you market that on social media? <laughs> well, that's what you're here to talk about, Rachel. Yeah, so I suppose I'll introduce myself. Um, so I'm, my name's Rachel Hatfield. I'm the co-founder and CEO of um, SHU Social Media, based here in the UK, um, in a place called West Yorkshire, Ilkley. Um, I, we founded SHU in 2014. Um, and um, have supported businesses through their um, social media marketing campaigns. Um, in the last two years, we've really specialised in Instagram and Facebook advertising. But a few years ago, as the um, social media sphere and in the industry actually started to sort of, I suppose, go into its adolescence um, on the sort of the bell curve, um, started to realise that actually... Um, you can niche down into certain industry sectors. So we started to look into the um, equine industry and how um, it's a very interesting industry to actually analyze because it's actually quite on the outside. Um, and I'm obviously my, my obsession with horses is more of a hobby rather than, a, um, than work. And I really, um, for me, I go on the weekends and I ride casually. And obviously for a lot, having sort of an insight into the professional world of horses, because obviously when you're on a livery yard, you get to meet people of all different levels of riding experience, which is obviously how I've met Bran. <laughs> she was like currently a, a neighbor in another stable is probably the best way um, to describe it. You start to kind of hear things 
um, you, you learn about the horse industry and, and from an outsider's perspective, I suppose, um, for having a marketing sort of background, you start to re realise how fragmented the industry is um, and everyone's got kind of, there's lots of little tiny um, businesses that they all work together, but actually it's all through, as Fran said, word of mouth. Um, and that's how it's all grown. And it's interesting to see how, how the industry is starting to change. Um, I think I was talking to another lady who is at our livery yard. Um, a lot of it all was done on paper. You'd submit everything in on the day to the actual when you're at a show. Yeah, and I was just about to say, Rachel, I don't know about you, but I think the equine industry is really missing a trick with it. And I think it's definitely starting to come more into the 21st century, if you like. But I think a lot of the equine industry as a whole is very set in their ways and quite old fashioned. And I think this sort of new generation of people, you know, investigating social media as a route and as a way to promote themselves is it's becoming massive now. And I think we need to get better at it as industry professionals, because there's so much like wrong information out there as well. But I'm just, you know, like you said, I, I'm just a horsey girl that had a hobby and decided that I wanted to pursue it and make a business out of my passion. Like I'm not some Instagram influencer or some social media guru. Like I had no idea what I was doing at the start of it. I just set up a page and set up an Instagram profile. So having someone like you that's, as you say, got more of like the marketing background, I think that's really significant. And I think we as industry professionals in the equine industry need to look for help from people like you. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. And obviously, Kate, um, Francesca, <laughs> we like, obviously, <laughs> and Ello, feel free to interject because obviously you guys are coming into the industry as well, into the social media side of things. And and everything you your generation does is all online and imagine having to kind of submit application forms through pen and paper um when you've got a smartphone in your hand um, it kind of makes sense to be digital and it's not mm. not just the social media side it's a whole process of having like online applications websites um all of that make, making it easier mm. more streamlined and uh, it would make it more efficient imagine paying for everything online and just doing it that way it's so much easier but I think lockdown is, has definitely changed people's um, usage. I think businesses are pivoting, um, whatever business they are, are in, and they are definitely looking at, at digital. And I suppose as the as things mature and as sort of generations start to move up the ranks in terms of like digital and, and sort of age groups and from Gen X to Gen Z, millennials, Gen Y. Yeah, I feel like I'm kind of in the middle of you guys. Like I'm like <laughs> the middle ground. I'm the breach between, I remember a childhood that didn't have iPhones and computers. <laughs> and now I'm in the generation that does have iPhones and computers. <laughs> and Fran, you're not even that old yet. <laughs> I know, I feel it sometimes. <laughs> Do you want to kind of give people a bit of background sort of about kind of your career path and, and, and stuff? Because you have been very horsey and obviously done a lot of equine sort of on, on the semi-professional side. And, and now you're coming into the professional side of it as well, haven't you? So, yeah. So, um yeah, so I i mean, I had like a Sunday job in a cafe when I was like 16, 17. Then I went off to uni. Um, so I studied equine sports performance at uni. Um, now, that's basically how to make like an elite horse and rider, if you, if you like. And I really enjoyed my degree. But from like a young age, like I was always told that 
horses are an expensive hobby that you need to have a job to fund not that you could make money from horses and i think a lot of people would still very much tell me that advice now <laughs> um so i did i went and got a job so i worked in retail to begin with in a well sort of posh high street shoe shop and i gradually worked my way up there um and that i think working like customer facing so whether you're a, i think everybody's been a waitress or a sales assistant at some point in their life and that to me is really really valuable life skills to communicate with people and mm -hmm. the general public as a whole you have to build a certain level of confidence to be able to command a conversation to offer customer service to offer advice and all of that sort of thing so i worked in the shoe shop yep that was great worked my way up gradually got to the point of assistant manager and i got to that point and thought mm, do you know what I, I don't really want this kind of responsibility this isn't my passion i'm just here selling and probably buying a lot of shoes <laughs> so i thought i'd have a bit of a change and i then went to a different retail company so this was in cloves and again it got to the point where i was just like assistant manager but i don't want to go up any further i don't want to do this uh, and then i actually ended up working in a sweet factory i said right don't want to do this i need a complete break and i went to a sweet factory and started packing sweets <laughs> which was not great for my teeth but there we go um and again you know it was the same sort of process i started somewhere and then i was ambitious and wanted to do a bit more so i you know moved into the office department and i worked in the dispatch department and the operations department and gradually worked my way up again and now i'm at the point where i'm like right i've worked my way up this corporate ladder in a sense but it's not what i want to do like i kept finding myself just thinking there has got to be more to life than this like my life is not inside these four walls i very much am a person that works to live rather than lives to work but throughout all of this journey i had my horses so at one point i had three horses um like when i was younger i started at a riding school like i think most horse riders do and you know i've ridden horses since i was sort of seven and i got my first pony when i was 11 my poor mum and dad forked out a load of money for my pony who's now living a happy life of retirement at a friend's farm um but yeah throughout all of this you know i was getting up early in the morning to go and muck them out before work to then travel to work work a full day and then come back and sort them all out again like sometimes i would leave the house at half past six six o'clock in the morning and i wouldn't get home again until like nine o'clock at night if you've got three horses that need exercising and the only time you've got is on an evening you need to have that drive and motivation to do that and they always were my motivation it wasn't going to work to earn money i was earning that money to fund my horses and i think over lockdown this was where my kind of mindset if you like just transformed it was life-changing because i suddenly had all this time and opportunity on my hand to actually start pursuing something that I wanted to do and like Rachel said you know as neighbours at the yard I just sort of found people coming to me for advice and you know to ask my opinion on things and you know there was a mindset shift where I sort of thought actually do you know, like maybe I could start charging for this like people obviously want to hear what I have to say and you know they value my opinion and I'd like to think that it comes from an you know an educated point of view like I have a degree in horses and that was one thing my dad like always said to me or you know like my partner he always says oh well you've got a degree that's useless you're not making use of it <laughs> but actually now i am really putting those skills that i learned all those years of experience with horses and the education that i now have 
into practice and into use. So through lockdown, that was when I did my equine psychology um, qualification. That was when I did my NLP qualification. And that almost like completes the puzzle for me. So I'm a bit of an anatomy and physiology nerd. I know all about the horse and from like a fitness and riding point of view. But I think the psychology side of it is like the final piece of the puzzle and it's getting that horse and rider connection to come together. So that was how it all sort of happened for me. I was always working in a job that I didn't necessarily connect with, but it was funding what I wanted to do. Whereas now I feel like I'm finally, you know, making a difference to people's lives and riders' lives. And it's providing a better life for the horses that I'm working with the riders that I'm working with are more confident and that's transformative in a lot of ways you know I think we ride as a hobby to make us feel better but sometimes we can really beat ourselves up about it and actually that's supposed to be the fun time of your day time to wind down and relax and what I want to do is be able to make more people enjoy that time instead of worrying about the fear of judgment or that they're not good enough or that they're not achieving their goals or you know, all of those kind of emotions. But yeah, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing now. And it's something that I definitely have the drive and want to pursue and put all of those years of experience to work now rather than just, you know, being a hobby. <laughs> How much happier are you now that you've kind of moved away from the corporate world and kind of your hobby, your like dream is your job? I know you've kind of just explained that, but... Yeah, massively. So... It's a huge mindset shift from worrying about, you know, there's a coach that I follow on Instagram and she said, you know, you feel like you need to stay in corporate because it feels like security. Mm. But actually, when you depend on yourself, you create your own security. So like, again, through the coronavirus lockdown, there was a lot of people that lost their jobs. Their jobs were not secure. There's a lot of jobs that even now probably aren't still secure. Whereas if you're relying on your own business, it's up to you to make it happen. You can make changes to ensure that it is still secure. And I think having that stability is very, you know, it's useful. And I can now work to my own sort of time schedule and facilitate what I want to do around other things. I'm not working to someone else's like pressure and time and this, like the stress relief is massive. And as I said, that, it goes back to that thing of just thinking like there has got to be more to life than this there has got to be more to life than just traveling to work to work for someone else to come home again to do it all again the next day like it, it's massive um, and I feel fulfilled now I feel like I'm actually making a difference to the world <laughs> that's the best bit I feel like I'm actually helping people and horses yeah and do you think the kind of using social media if you hadn't had that would it have been a lot harder for you to kind of establish any sort of business? I know it's hard, it's really hard to imagine kind of doing it at all without that, but how yeah. much of a tool, like a positive tool has it been for you? Yeah, 100%. So before, um, before I actually actively sort of started doing this, I was riding a couple of people's horses from the yard. Like, you know, obviously me and Rachel chatted about things before. And as I say, people were coming to me and asking for advice, but that was it. It was, you know, very much very local very um sort of like concentrated in the people that were around me and already in my circle but I've been able to do like a whole webinar series over lockdown and when I say webinar series like again 
I'm not some amazing guru. I literally put some PowerPoint presentations together and shared my knowledge. I kid you not, I had people from Australia. There's people in America who've been in touch with me. There's people in like Spain and France and you know, the reach of your audience is massive and without social media, you just wouldn't have that kind of growth and reach. Um, I actually did another podcast with um, a trainer again in Australia and that's the kind of platform that you just wouldn't have had access to to be able to utilize so yeah yeah it massively made a difference otherwise I would just have been within the same literal reach yeah you said earlier about how um I think you said about the pandemic and how it made the horsey world come into the 21st century and use social media do you think without the pandemic the equine world would still be living in the olden ages or do you think eventually things would have gone on to the digital world yeah I mean I suppose I can only speak for myself and for me it was more actually having the time to dedicate to social media or creating a little website or like as horse owners if you're working in corporate like I said you don't have enough hours in the day to even sit down and do stuff like that but the younger generation being on Instagram, being on Facebook, they are the people that are your followers. Now, whether they're your target audience is a different matter, but a lot of students who are going through like university and college courses and things like that now are starting to set up pages. And I think that generation will come through eventually, mm. but there's always gonna be a limit with how much you can do online as a horse rider i can't teach someone to ride through a computer screen yeah. but i can educate them on other stuff like the actual sort of scientific biology side of it if you like so there's a limit but it depends what you want to do if you're a physio for example you can't treat a horse through a computer screen you might be able to advise their owners a little bit but you're always going to be slightly limited so i think it's going to be a bit of a balance you can promote yourself and market yourself online and you can do virtual like programs and courses and stuff but you're always going to have to come into contact with a horse at least once <laughs> mm -hmm. so i think there's a limit but yeah i agree the younger generation is very much online now and actually some of the older generation like you know some kind of that middle-aged generation are definitely dabbling <laughs> yeah on, you know even if they're not setting up their own pages and things it's very easy for them to you know like a page on facebook and follow what that person's doing and then they could maybe pop in a messenger or even if they're not actively doing it themselves they're still interacting with you and they might be your target audience did it take you a while to kind of gain speed and gain kind of success with what you were doing because obviously you said you started it lockdown so was it start of lockdown march march last year yes definitely oh yeah, it's been a, oh my god it's been a, <laughs> no, it's been a year <laughs> I don't remember that, but kind of in the year how much success have you had is it because now it sounds like you're kind of flying with it i mean i, I don't know if i'd say flying <laughs> but, <Get in> there. <laughs> you know, yeah again i think a lot of people focus very much on like your followers and your number of followers and you can have a million followers but if none of them are engaged and none of them actually want to hear what you have to say then they're pointless so again i'm not some like instagram guru but there's a lot of free resources out there like there's a lot of coaches and things out there that are doing free like groups and group live chats on facebook and mm -hmm. you know sharing their knowledge and things like i've not had to spend thousands of pounds on coaches and everything else and blah blah, blah to get to where i am 
I think in the future, and it's certainly something that I'm looking into now, is investing a bit more to take me maybe to that next level. But I'm just a horse rider that's had a passion and wanted to make more of it. Like you don't have to be an Instagram influencer to build a following to share what you have to say. Mm. Yeah. It's refreshing to see somebody like, because obviously I'm probably could speak for um, Kate and Fran, but I think it's so common these days to set up an Instagram page and like think that, your business is going to fly but you've actually you've actually done that you've said that you're not an Instagram guru you don't like know everything and a lot of things but like Instagram takes work like I can see why people employ people to do this (laughs) like I'm literally still just a normal person going about my everyday life creating graphics on Canva at the weekend you know like in my free time I'll do a post if I can and it's not polished it's not perfect it's like I still have to write my copy out and edit it if I've put a spelling mistake in there hashtags Mm -hmm. what a minefield like you know there's all of these things out there but I think you know a lot of people go on about oh my god this awful Instagram algorithm and you're never going to beat the algorithms like just work with it I think as long as you don't take it too seriously and you don't end up down that rabbit hole tunnel vision of oh my god social media is my life it's still fun and I suppose mm. that's where I get the balance as like a horse rider. And like I say, you have to actually still interact with people and horses. My mm-hmm. life isn't necessarily in a screen 100%. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily have that balance or they don't have that outlet, if you like. Yeah. So building on that, if you like had someone maybe my age or someone your age who, who you like, you said weren't really like that instagram social media savvy what would like your top tips be if like lockdown happened again or there's like an opportunity to build on something that they wanted to do and all they had was like access to social media and not a lot of knowledge what like what would you advise because i I feel like it can be overwhelming when you see all these like like a social media marketing agency and there's obviously a lot behind the scenes but you haven't got access to that um like what would you advise what were your best tips because you've done it exactly well first and foremost just do it try it doesn't matter what you put Mm. out there it could be the most ridiculous stuff but that is how you get better like you have to try and put stuff out there see what works see what doesn't if it works do more of it if it doesn't do less of it um get yourself a coach you know rachel's like chatted with me pretty much all the way through from start to finish you know even if it's just to like have a rant at someone or say look i'm feeling a bit overwhelmed even if you're feeling just a bit like stressed about it you don't quite know what to do just chat with someone but find the right person like chatting with your friends or your family aren't necessarily the right people you know you must have like a biz buddy that you maybe look up to or you 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 know like Rachel's you know started her own company you know that's the kind of thing that I want to do so find the person that is living the life you want and doing the things you want to do because they're the best people to get advice from at the same time like as I said just before there's loads of free resources out there. Like follow coaches on Instagram, find those accounts that you want to follow that are doing what you want to do and just do what they do. Learn from it. Like, again, there's stories, you know, go live on your stories, take pictures. Like you don't have to, I've not got an amazing camera. I've literally got a phone that I try and take some half decent pictures with, you know, utilize the resources that you've got, go on YouTube, find out what, you know, people recommend if you want to build your followers, like there's so many people out there doing it, just learn from them, you know, be inspired, take inspired action. And yeah, at the end of the day, 
doesn't matter if you make mistakes or it's not perfect the fact that you're doing it puts you ahead of everybody else from the start yeah. is there anything you'd want to add to that Rachel any advice for anybody who wants to start a business oh on? yeah I suppose there's probably some bits and pieces that you could you can start off obviously um find, finding the right tribe to surround you which um, I mean fans already mentioned that um and, and building that following obviously you're not going to be all things to everybody um you know um that's just how it is that's just life um and i think you know building that tribe building the right surrounding yourself with the right people finding the right business mentors co um, business coaches to have around you that's how we've grown our business we've had the right people around us um keeping positive as well um, that's probably the key thing really is you know so yeah, i don't know if anyone's ever seen the entrepreneur's graph i always talk about this one it goes up and down and some days you'll have a high flying day and everything's going perfect and then you could wake up the next day and everything could go horribly wrong and when you're starting up a business that is they're just the, the things that your emotions are just riding high and and it, a lot of it's pumped with adrenaline as well because you're trying to make um things survive and then as the business starts to grow like she is now and we're starting to employ people there's a whole completely set of different challenges and obviously we've set goal and it's all about setting goals i think we've we've covered that quite a bit in the shoe academy having those objectives and those kpis i have to admit i'm not very good at that <laughs> <laughs> so having, having that vision board that vision board you know you've got to have that focus to get to where you want to be and I think for me, I, um, I, uh, JJ just didn't happen to sort of come by. I, I always, from five years old, from when I started riding, I always wanted a chestnut horse with four white socks. And, and that was, and I knew, like as Franny said, <laughs> the way to get that was to find a job in the corporate world to, to pay for that horse. And obviously through the, through the years, of, of um, I eventually got my horse and I didn't get in until in, in my early 30s. But I'm a big believer in the law of attraction and manifestation as well. Like everything you're saying, if mm. you believe it, so this is like from the kind of NLP perspective, yeah. if you put that message out there and you think about it and you want it, your brain doesn't know the difference between reality and what you tell it. And if you're putting in that positivity, everything becomes more positive. Like your vibe attracts your tribe. And if you can stay in that kind of positive mindset and imagine what you really, really, really want, and that's where your energy is going, like the universe has to find a way to give it to you. I've just got a gin delivered. <laughs> hey, that's what we like about this. <laughs> oh I, that note. <laughs> I feel like I've already selected one of the PR clips there. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> cast. All is good. I think this is actually one of my favourite episode because, like, <laughs> Well, I think it has because obviously I've loved the guests we've had, but you've started from like as a normal. Yeah, I am normal. <laughs> well, we're all normal, Ella. <laughs> explaining things, but I think like with other guests, they've been in the industry a lot of years and they've they've come mm. with a lot of advice and they're, they're like more experts. So you've come from last year, your business is fairly new, and you've already said like you're still learning along the way and you're not. Um, like well as knowledgeable as those because they've been in longer so I think yeah so what I would say to that is like I think the word niche gets banded around a lot but I think what you have to be is unique so my approach to what I do is unique there's nobody that does it like me and what you're saying about I'm not an expert I'm not an expert in social media or marketing but I am an expert in what I do and that is what you can then put out there and 
like I say, the people that want to hear what you have to say will find you if you're there and you're visible and you're showing up. Like you don't have to be amazing at Instagram or amazing at Facebook or whatever. But if you can find someone like Rach to help or maybe give you a bit of direction in that, you can dabble in it and work out what's going to work and what doesn't. But again, I suppose this is going back to from an equine perspective, you're always going to have to physically actually be with someone. I kind of think that kind of keeps you in the reality of life. Like you're not just behind a screen. You are still just a real normal person. And like Rachel was saying about like entrepreneurial and business ups and downs and things. I literally got dragged on the floor by a client's horse on Sunday. And like that. Sorry, not funny. (laughs) Honestly, like I can laugh about it now. And it wasn't even a big deal. But that's a humbling experience. Like Mm. I can be an expert horse trainer and like all of this jazz. But I'm not necessarily doing anything magical that somebody else couldn't do owning it like you're yeah it's a humbling experience you know horses ever keep you humble like you could have ten thousand followers on instagram your horse could still deck you the next day you know (laughs) (laughs) and you have to have that grasp on reality it's not all instagram and facebook and funnels and ads and taking perfect pictures and blah blah like sometimes you still get covered in mud (laughs) yeah do you think that lockdown has helped your business as people have had more time to spend pursuing their hobbies and spending time with the horses? Do you think that's helped as well make your social media and grow your business, but also help attract people to your business as well? Yeah, 100%. So as I say, working like in person with clients, people had loads of free time over lockdown to be riding the horse. There is no easier way to socially distance than from the back of a horse, <laughs> you know, all of these things could still go ahead. People were encouraged to still go and ride their horses for their mental health, for exercise, to be outside in the fresh air. Like it's a brilliant industry. And I myself spent loads of hours in the saddle hacking, going out and it kept me sane. It's still my reason to get up and out of bed every morning, just like it was all those years ago when I was getting up at 6am to go to a job. Mm. You know, that's the one thing that you have to still get up and out of bed for every single day. I can't imagine, I literally don't know what people that don't have horses do with their life. Like, <laughs> what is this free time that you speak of? Like, <laughs> And I think it, during lockdown, that would have been really hard if I didn't have that to literally just be stuck at home all day, mm. you know, and not Rachel, have that kind of purpose and that passion. Yeah. Um, Rachel, do you think that lockdown has helped businesses uh, grow on digital because you can't go out and word of mouth, is that, how people are now communicating and do you think that will I think mm. I definitely think so I think a lot of businesses have pivoted um, um onto digital I think they're embracing it a lot more no matter what generation you're, you're whether you're gen x uh, millennial or um down to gen z I think uh, for me I've seen a, we've helped a lot of businesses pivot when we were in sort of June July August last year and just support them with smaller projects because they they have been the smaller businesses that have needed that support obviously um other businesses probably going through the motions of currently downsizing which is obviously quite a sad time for them but i think we've we've embraced digital and i think it's pushed the whole industry not just in social media but pushed everything forward by at least five years we're all sat here doing a podcast on zoom who i would have never dreamed of doing this last this <laughs> probably this time two years ago and i'd be like why why are we recording podcasts on zoom i hate being on camera and it's like but it's oh, so actually, easy it's so, so easy, easy. Imagine if we had to like coordinate this right now, we'd have probably oh. gone up to Leeds Beckett, used a, stu- a studio, 
you guys would have had all had would have all had to find and would have had to drive to Leeds and find a time in between trying to muck out horses yeah. and watch, ride them and exercise them and then record it and then and then come back and at least here we've got the comfort of our own home um I've, I've had to kind of move out of the office because that's been redecorated so the office is upside down sat on a laptop and we had to find another piece of technology <laughs> but again but, like even from an entrepreneurial perspective like setting up a paypal account it's easy to get paid you know people can do bank transfers you don't have to have cash or write a check or whatever they did in the yeah. victorian age like <laughs> you don't have to do that now everything oh is God, so much what, easier cash? literally <laughs> apple pay changed my life honestly apple pay. i love apple pay because it doesn't detect your face with a mask <laughs> 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 and even following on, on on that making content for your uh, social media account you just need your phone with a camera yeah. swipe it onto camera and you can record something quickly upload it and that's it you don't need you, you don't need fancy equipment or fancy software you just need basic equipment and that's all you don't you need to be a graphic designer to do these things like it's yeah. not impossible and like i say in the beginning they might be a bit rubbish you might not know what colors to use you might not know what fonts to use but you're still putting it out there and you will improve and you will get better like that's it's easy it's so much easier and you can always go back and delete the ones that you then yeah <laughs> <laughs> no you can't because it'll ruin your grid stress. <laughs> <laughs> I think what also comes with it is confidence and you have a lot of confidence and optimism. You can just tell straight away. I think that comes hand in hand when you maybe are just getting, you know, having that imposter syndrome mm. because well, Rachel knows like I'm wanting to start my own business up in like the social media world. And I was like, I'm going to do law of attraction. I'm going to manifest it. And then it's not that it, easy. Yeah, it happened. But like for me, if I'd have not been in the mag marketing social media world, I would have literally set up an Instagram account, posted some things, and I would not have really known what else to do. But if you've got that confidence, you'll learn. So on imposter syndrome, that is real. I fully relate to imposter syndrome. And you're right, it's just having that confidence to sort of push through it. And I think I always described it as like having those bits of paper make me feel like I have that credibility. So now like I've got a couple of qualifications and certificates and things like that, but yes, they make you more credible, but what you put out there and what people say about you, like your, you know, people that recommend you or, you know, they become your advocates. They're the kind of people that actually give you that credibility and will pass your name on to someone else. And this is that like word of mouth and E word of mouth. But when you're sat there thinking, you know, who am I to be doing all of this? Like you just said, you're a normal person, just like me, you know, <laughs> you're still whoever you are, just behind a computer screen. And don't lose that. Don't ever feel like you're just an Instagram profile because you're not, you're still doing whatever you're doing. So I fully relate to imposter syndrome and it, it's a big thing. And I don't think anybody knows about it enough. I didn't even know what imposter syndrome was before I suddenly felt it and realized it and heard an Instagram coach talking about it on, on Instagram, you know? And like, I'm literal proof that you can just do it. Like, if in doubt, just keep going. You have to just keep that momentum. And I think what you were saying about confidence, this is why I value the work that I did do in retail and in waitressing and, you know, all of that stuff that I've done in corporate, I'm 
like my dad would say that I, I just like the sound of my own voice but <laughs> as a coach I am that figure of authority to that person that I'm coaching I need to know what I'm talking about I need to be able to say it in a comprehensible way and I think I've gained those skills from communicating with people over a counter and helping them with their problems or if they've got a complaint you know trying to bring that person down and it's an emotional thing like from the NLP qualification that I did like I've always kind of done that, but not realized it was an actual thing, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And all it is, is being able to build rapport with people and understand people and understand the psychology and the emotions that they're feeling, and then to make them feel better. Like that is what I do for my riders that lack confidence. I want to make them feel better about it. So having that confidence to just do it and get out there, that has to come from within, but you can draw on your life experiences for that. Yeah. So, Just a thought actually thinking about the sort of obviously all the the rest of the equestrian industry how do you think coming out of this pandemic how do you feel or think like the future looks like for the equestrian industry right now is any i mean all questions open to the floor what what do you think is going to happen how are they going to embrace it are there going to be more tech companies out there that are going to suddenly go start to sort of support the equestrian world um and see it as a different industry i mean how does everyone feel about that? I think there's so many dimensions to the equestrian industry that the people that utilize social media are going to do well if that's what they want to do well in, but you're still going to have to have that horse human interperson real world interaction. So I think there's only so far that you can go with using social media, but even places like venues doing like arena hires or booking lessons and stuff, a lot of them now are pre-entry only via their website or prepay via paypal or you know a lot of places have utilized digital and virtual systems and resources to facilitate and again make life easier for their clients mm -hmm. i think there might be a bigger increase on kind of the equipment around it that you might see kind of sales of that increase and see that more but like you say there's not the in-person part businesses as such probably weren't as much i get what you're saying like even things yeah. like people having ring lights or having better phones to take pictures or there's something called a pivo which is a little thing that like records you riding and tracks you and stuff like that digital like technology i think is great but on the flip side of that i think image is very important on social media so you might see sales of i don't know like for equestrians you know really posh riding brands getting more sales because people want to look good on their instagram yeah. or they want the most up-to-date tech people want to be influencers they want to be gifted by brands they want to you know work with brands so that they can plaster it all over their social media and again i think this is what i was saying about there being so many dimensions like to the equestrian industry i come from an educational perspective i want to teach people real stuff i don't necessarily care what i look like <laughs> I, i'd like to look good and i like professional photos and if you look the part then you're halfway there but I'm, like I say, still potentially going to get covered in mud every now and again. So there's a flip side. Yeah. I think every question that looks perfect has been in the mud at some point and just managed to kind of cover themselves and make themselves look great. I've never, like, my car is covered in mud. I'm like, so glad I'm not the only one. My car's a right tip. <laughs> it's like horses and mud just kind of come hand in hand. I think that is. Just... You need the seat covers. Oh my God, my mom has these. I mean, she's not. She's just... <laughs> horse but she was a very horsey child so this might be why 
of us in the car because she lives in a hunter wellies like walking the dogs in the field so she's just like you get in the car and it looks a state but then you take them back and take brand new car <laughs> but so if you're picking anyone up you quickly take them off and put them in the back yeah. I can't believe though this is going back to reality and not just screen time <laughs> yes. I think my car my car's gone beyond that now it's just like <laughs> dogs and horses kind of go hand in hand but yeah absolutely dogs mud horses mud <laughs> <laughs> Rich, I wanted to ask you, um, so from your perspective and obviously what you do, do, do you think like equestrian businesses, you know, like myself and everybody else that's kind of in the industry, what would you recommend from, you know, what you do in your business perspective? Like what kind of like guide would you give people? Because I think people like me need resources like that. You know, I'm thirsty for that knowledge. How do you think you could help people like me or us in the industry yeah I mean it, it it's interesting actually because I think there's going to be a lot of changes and how it embraces and that and that could be coming from the bigger companies to start with and um, it could come from tech companies who are wanting to support the industry bringing trainers and together bringing um bringing resource together so because obviously a lot of you all um freelance and and perhaps there's a there's a one-shot portal for everybody and people can go and find find you all yeah we um, don't have that big team of people behind us either yeah, we're absolutely. just one person and it's it's it, is there an umbrella where everyone can come underneath and they all start kind of working together um could that is that a possibility in the future the whole world i think the world will get smaller in terms of like you said fran you're talking to trainers in australia and stuff like that i think the world will get smaller um, purely because they are embracing digital and, and trainers and you can find people more easily whereas before I wouldn't have known where to look for people mm. but now we can sort of find people and I think riders are coming together um, so there's there's lots of things people can do on a smaller scale obviously actually we work on a on sort of very sort of large campaigns in terms of digital advertising um, but there's definitely places where you can start work together formulate kind of and um, collaborations with people and they don't I love a good collaboration here yeah. we are <laughs> <laughs> I mean we're collaborating tonight you know this is this is what we're doing um, and I think there's going to be it's about helping helping each other and I think that's I think it's definitely it's definitely going to change there's definitely things people can do and I think that's the thing it's about working together and I think that's demonstrated throughout the whole of this lockdown it's about helping each other and working together if you go off on a silo nothing ever gets done yeah I think that's a big thing as well the equine industry has got a lot of stigma about you know being like I don't want to swear but like being or putting each other down or not supporting each other and actually I don't necessarily think that's the case I think there's a bit of a minority but like generally actually on social media I've had a really positive experience you know people have been really supportive and I think we've all realized that we need to be a bit nicer to each other and actually you know you don't just have to go around putting everybody down like I live to build up my riders and make them feel better and I think that translates into then everything that you do it translates into your personal life it translates into how you write your Facebook posts and all of that so yeah I completely agree you've got to support each other yeah definitely and the good thing about the equestrian world it brings it brings all generations together mm, yeah 100% um, you could be talking to someone who's 12 years old about horses and training them because that's probably the best time to probably start your semi-professional career at 12 <laughs> anyway because when you yeah. <laughs> 
um, because it's the best time to start training, I suppose. It's easier, more adaptable when you're younger um, to get in. Yeah, I teach all like all age ranges, exactly as you said. I've got people that are like teenagers up to, yeah, like middle-aged women. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I want to be still riding when I'm like 70 years old. That is my mission. (laughs) If I can do a dressage test when I'm 70 years old on a horse, that's going to be the best. If I'm still mobile and moving and everything by then, that would be amazing. But yeah, I think think that the the world's going to change. I think we're going to go into some kind of new normal. I think the equine and equestrian industry, whether that starts... Um, in the more professional world whether it's in in the sort of the eventing side of things horse racing polo wherever that starts things are going to change and I think you know there there is going to be that call for clothing um, in the equestrian world there's going to be a lot of that going on because people want I mean I'm wearing something now (laughs) yes same (laughs) (laughs) and that that is gonna you know you want the nice stuff and 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 a lot of it was always very hard to get hold of but now it's so easy to get hold or very expensive I think a lot of places a lot of places have brought the prices down a little bit or at least made them more manageable and appeal to a wider audience yeah I agree it used to be you know if you had technical attire you were this elite rider whereas now it's accessible to everyone yeah I agree yeah, it's, it's, it's the perception of, of the actual industry itself is definitely changing. And I think they have to change. Um, otherwise, you know, it's, 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 it will dis- the industry will disappear. I do think it's striking that balance that like even events like Bramham that we love to go to and stuff, they've not been able to run and they've tried to do marketing online and stuff. And honestly, I don't think they've done a very good job. I really don't. well yeah but that's what i mean i don't think they're seeking the advice i think they rely so much on the in-person side of it and yes they have obviously they're a massive event that get thousands of spectators every year and companies do have a marketing budget etc but i think they could have used that so much more effectively and i just genuinely don't think they have and Mm -hmm. you know that's the highlight of my year every year is going to ramam and going to watch that event that's great but I go there because it's local to me. What's enticing you to that event? It's your social media platforms. And I think if you don't have that right kind of drive behind it, then you're right, it's not, it's not going to be effective. Yeah. I have a final question, just, mm. just to clarify for Ella. <laughs> you're going to hear me, but is it a coin or a queen? <laughs> Why did you have to? It had to be in there. I'd like to think I'm a queen, but it's definitely a queen. When we were planning this, I said the word equine and Kate I didn't think it was I honestly thought she made it up. I was like, that's not a word. I was like, Fran, that's not a word. I'll be a queen here with my sparkly gin glass and my pink pink, what is it? Pink vodka. Why? Oh, I'm so glad I, I have a horsey sister, so I, I knew the words. I was like, I know what the words. I are. have horses on the fence in the back garden, and my next door neighbour has them, and I'm sat here like a quine's not a word. Is it fair another word existed? I thought it was equestrian, but I don't know like what. I'm sorry, my Alexa's talking at me now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> The joys of working from home. My watch starts talking to me when I'm having a conversation with the horse and then Siri speaks up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're all right. She shut up now. <laughs> I'll ask if anyone has any more questions. 
No, I don't think so. It's been really interesting, though. It's been I really think interesting. It's I think more relatable to the younger people who may not mm. have a lot of like, yeah. knowledge, experience, um, like contacts, money. Yeah, all of that. Like, I'm only 27, right? And I like, I've been to university, I've got a couple of qualifications, but I'm out there doing it. Like, I still feel like I've got my whole life ahead of me to, you know, keep doing what I'm doing and make something of it. Like, honestly, just make that first step. Just keep doing it. If I could speak to my younger self, I'd say, just do it. Like, mm-hmm. take that first step. Don't let imposter syndrome hold you back. Be confident in what you have to offer. Like, if you're struggling with that, find someone that can help and advise you. Even if you just need to have like a bit of a rant with someone over some cheesy chips. That's what we did, Rach, wasn't it? Like, Absolutely. you know. It's a very northern way to tackle that. <laughs> <laughs> cheesy chips. <laughs> but yeah, I think you've given a lot of good advice. And I think you've been just about yourself and how like you're doing it with confidence and your passion. Try. That you can only try. <laughs> it just works with like yourself and your passion so yeah it's been really interesting don't get me wrong everyone's been absolutely lovely yeah, i was gonna say <laughs> i know what you mean though. it can be so intense can't yeah, it i, I think mean. this is what i mean about striking the balance between like reality and your screen time like you know you can yeah. you can still end up covered in mud <laughs> maybe that's your maybe that's your tagline you can still end up covered in mud even when you've got ten thousand followers <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like a refreshing different perspective that you've given Thank you. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you've enjoyed it. I hope everyone else has as well. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Uh, We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.